Hey everyone, welcome back to 20-somethings podcast. This is the ninth episode and it will be all about Vietnam. Your girl is back. My God, it's been three or four months. So seriously, sorry for that, but better late than never. I have literally had record podcast episode about Vietnam on my to-do list for that long. It's ridiculous, but I've finally found some spare time, found the motivation, found some time where I'm not napping to actually talk about my trip. Um, Let's see how much I can remember, but uh, yeah, jump on board for uh, maybe 30 to 40 minutes of um, talk about Vietnam. Also, given it's Spotify-wrapped kind of season, was a little bit late to the trend, but I've finally downloaded all of the results. So just wanted to say thank you to everyone who listened to my podcast this year or shared it with family, friends, colleagues, the likes. Really appreciate it. Um, I think I got around to, I think it said 18 countries, which is pretty cool. So yeah, that might be people that I've met over the years. And um, yeah, obviously top one was Australia. And I think I'm Uh, number one podcast for 13 fans, which is really cute. That's just so Taylor Swift of me. I'll also just give you a quick rundown. So basically, I'm not not sure if you noticed, but on my Instagram, 20-somethings pod, I actually changed the name to Backpacking with Izzy because, well, I didn't really want it to just be about the podcast. I wanted to reflect on all my travel and then have also the same name as my blog which is backpacking with Izzy and basically I I'm not sure if you've heard the intro to this podcast but I named this podcast 20 somethings essentially because I didn't think it was just going to be about travel so I didn't want to make it too niche like backpacking with Izzy and I wanted it to be 20 somethings because I'm 20 something and I thought I might just end up talking about I don't know other things happening in life but turns out all I want to talk about is travel so um change the Instagram to make it more accessible I feel like if people were searching for something like that it'll be easier to find um but I'll keep the podcast um with this name so Vietnam you may have heard this I might have mentioned it in the Thailand episode or if you've followed me for a little while on Instagram stories when we were actually over in Southeast Asia. Um, It was a bit of a shit show getting there, to be honest. Uh, The visas were a nightmare. We had to apply for them twice because we had a flight booked and we just left it too late. wasn't enough business days for it to process. And then by the time our visa came through, um, our flight had already departed. So we actually... Reverse the whole order of the trip we were going to do. And when I say we, that's Natalia and I, my friend who I traveled with. Uh, We were going to do two weeks in Thailand and then head up to Hanoi and do north to south Vietnam before uh, Cambodia. However, because of the visa situation, we ended up going to Cambodia earlier and then going from south to north, which I actually ended up preferring because, because I felt like Vietnam got better um, the more north you went, which a lot of people said that to us as well. However, the normal route was actually north to south for whatever reason. Um, yeah, so that was basically the start of it. It was a very chaotic journey. I don't know if Natalia would say the same, but when I think of Vietnam, I just 
I just get like a little bit stressed, to be honest. Um, I think it was just the fact that, you know, some of the, some of the overnight buses were, oh my God, full on, um, craziest drivers I've ever, ever come across. And, you know, normally you'd hear like, oh, drivers in Italy are crazy. I have no memory of crazy drivers in Italy. It's nothing compared to Vietnam. Crossing the road in Hanoi is a whole nother kettle of fish, but far out. On a night bus, um, not not relaxing. Normally I don't mind those travel days, but goodness gracious, just getting to the bus station, we were always early. We we're like, yep, that's the little ticket box where we need to go and sort of, you know, basically check in, say we're here so they can point us in the right direction for the bus and the shelter and everything. But she essentially sent us oh, to the next window and then they sent us to the next window and then we were back at square one and I don't know why, but I just thought that the language barrier wouldn't be as bad as it was. Like in Europe, it was just, it was actually so much easier. We're very lucky that people speak English, so shouldn't take that for granted, but yeah, it was very hard to get your message across in Vietnam. I don't speak any Vietnamese. I didn't speak any Thai, Cambodian, any of those languages. So um, it's probably just a little bit naive of me. But, yeah, it made it made for an interesting night. We just thought, like, oh, God, we've, we've just missed it because it's, you know, half an hour, an hour late or we're in the wrong spot. And we kept kind of going back up there to check. And she was like, no, no, just sit down. Like, they'll sort of come to you. I'm like, what? why would the bus driver come to us like that's so weird anyway our bus didn't even come into the station they were parked out on the road so we wouldn't have seen it anyway someone did come and get us and it was just it was just so hectic they're just so go 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 um like grab your bag off your back like you're basically still like strapped in like Natalie was basically pulled forward I'm like just wait a second like she's still fucking clipped in onto her bag like give her a minute and then they just slid them down the like sort of hallway part of the bus and just kind of, oh, it was just crazy. It was just like full on. And the driving side of things, oh my God, I've never heard so much beeping in my life. It was constant and it was in the middle of the night. I'm like, I don't understand. Like who are you possibly possibly beeping at at 2am in the morning? Um, the swerving was ridiculous. Um I think it was a manual bus as well because I swear to God he stalled a few times and God, like no toilets on the bus. You had to just kind of have a look out your window and see if you're maybe stopped at a toilet. They would never tell you. So you just have to kind of go up to the front and just be like, can I quickly go to the toilet? They're like, quick, 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 go, go, go. And I was like, fuck me, am I going to make it back? Like they'll probably leave without me. Um, so that was, that was a lot. That was the worst one of the whole trip. That didn't happen again. But I think we found out that we probably went with the worst company of all. But it just wasn't that easy to book, you know, comparing to Flixbus in Europe. That is just a piece of cake. It's all really easy. It might not actually be the Flixbus company, but the way it's organised. didn't really mean to go on a rant for that long about um, just the one bus ride. Um, I was actually going through my phone to find the itinerary that we did because I'm recording this podcast so late. It's not fresh in my mind. Um, I had all the intentions in the world to record this 
in August, maybe even September. And uh, here we are, midway through December. But, excuse-moi. So, as I said, the itinerary was completely turned on its head. And that was fine because, you know, we were trying to be a bit more spontaneous. So we cancelled all of our accommodation, which luckily, you know, through Hostel World and a lot of those, if especially if they're hostels, like they tend to have a 24-hour to maybe 48-hour cancellation policy. So that was all fine. We didn't um, incur any fees there. And then basically just, yeah, reversed it. Uh, we found some new hostels, I guess, um, to book in. But we started in Ho Chi Minh because that is, is that the capital? God, I don't know. Um, anyway, it is a big city. So that was easy to fly to from, wait, did we get a bus? No, we got a bus over because we we're in uh, Cambodia. So we got a bus over the border, which was also an interesting <laughs> situation. Um, you kind of like, you know, go, go over the border, hand in your passports and you don't really get them back until... A little while later and I don't know that's just always really stressful for me like who is oh yeah anyway so started in Ho Chi Minh I think we're only in there technically for one night but because our following day like or the night bus was you know late the next day we essentially had like one and a half days there or two full days and it was a really cool city. There was there was plenty to do on our list and we probably didn't get, get quite all of it done um, because it's just so hot and sweaty out there and you kind of need to start exploring like first thing in the morning. Otherwise, it's just exhausting. Okay, yes. So we did, in fact, go from Phnom Penh to Ho Chi Minh. That was a day bus. So we went over the border, which was a bit funky anyway. And then, yeah, Ho Chi Minh a couple of days. I would probably recommend, honestly, I would have stayed there at least another night, at least another day and just spread it out. Um, it took, it just takes you so long to get used to. I had a bit of culture shock there, honestly. Um, the the roads, the, the just the sheer amount of people on the roads is insane. So just getting used to crossing them <laughs> takes you a few days. So Probably recommend two nights, three days if you can. Um, and then from there we went to Dalat. So Ho Chi Minh to Dalat, I believe, was the crazy bus situation. Dalat, honestly, like, yeah, there was a few cool things there. Um, but it probably could have been skipped. But I guess it was kind of a good spot to go sort of halfway between there and Nha Trang and Da Nang and other places we had on our list. So it just kind of broke up the journey. Otherwise, you probably would have had to jump on another flight, which we obviously, as budget backpackers, try and avoid that. Um, so, yeah, I guess if you have maybe two weeks in Vietnam, I would suggest spending more in the north. We actually, I don't know, we, we didn't spend too much time up there, but I guess it just saves places for us to go back to next time. Um, but anyway... So did Dalat, which was kind of up in the mountains. So it was, oh, yeah, it was a bit of a windy road at the end, but I think we were finally asleep by that point. But then Dalat to Natrang was a little bit windy too um, because you're going down from the mountains down to the beach. But that was really beautiful. Natrang, um, we had a hotel, I reckon. We probably paid like 
I don't know, $15 each or less. And we had a beautiful view of the water and the mountains. It actually kind of reminded us of Honolulu a little bit, I think, Honolulu. Um, yeah, so definitely recommend Natrang for a little bit of a coastal getaway. But other than that, there's not too much there. I think we just essentially went um, to a mud bath. We just, yeah, did like a pool mud bath, like chilling day. Wasn't too social, obviously didn't stay in a hostel. And, um, yeah, and then we got a bus. Yeah, that one. Oh, maybe that was the crazy bus to Da Nang. I don't know. But anyway, it was a night bus from Da Trang to Da Nang. Uh, Da Nang, or Da Nang maybe is how you pronounce it, is about an hour from Hoi An. So I think, you know, most people probably stay in Hoi An. That's a bit more lively and you've probably seen pictures of the streets like the Lantern um, Lantern Field streets and the in the boats um so it kind of looks like the scene from Tangled if you've seen that where they like light up a little lantern and float it along the river so that was really gorgeous but I did prefer the fact that we stayed in Da Nang because it's just a little bit different not as busy and we were right on the beach so that was really nice as well and just the fact that we could do a day trip like an hour shuttle bus to Hoi An um suited us and there was so much to do in well, in both of those cities. So we just kind of weighed up which place um, had more to do and then chose that one. So I think we did three nights in Da Nang, which I think was enough. Um, there was one thing we really wanted to do, which is like the golden sort of hand bridge. So you might have seen a picture, but it's actually not as close as we thought. So it's just going to be a little bit hard to get up there. And, yeah, it just kind of meant like we'd have to spend – Oh, I can't remember what it was. Might, might have been like fifty Australian dollars on like an Uber to get up there, and then the cost to get into the like it was like an amusement park essentially. But the photos looked amazing because this bridge is so far up in the sky that through the sort of fog, um, there's this golden hand like embracing or like holding underneath the bridge. So it looks really cool. Basically, just for the photo op, that's kind of the reason why we wanted to go there. But I think it was then like a little. Yeah, like a little amusement park. There are other rides and stuff to do there. But we just kind of tossed up, you know, the cost of getting there and back, but also the tickets into the place. And we're like, oh, I don't think it's really worth it. So end up ended up having a bit more of a beach day, had some cocktails on the beach and, yeah, just kind of relaxed. And then from Danang, we ended up going to – Ninbin, but it wasn't uh, direct because I think it would have been a really long bus ride and we didn't, we just didn't have the time to stop along the way, although we did want to. Um, I think it's the, oh, I can't remember what it was called, but it, it's, some people call it the duck stop. You literally stop and go to this, um, go to this place. You're surrounded by ducks and you can feed them. Oh my God, I'm looking it up right now. I need to, need to find it out. Regardless, um, had to fly up to Hanoi and then bus it down to Ninbin. And Ninbin was honestly probably one of my favourite places in Vietnam. Um, it was just super chill. We were, I think we're in Tam Kok, I believe, which is, which was kind of a little bit out of the city. And the hostel was honestly amazing I think it was called the banana tree hostel so it was a really good party one there wasn't really much going on 
out on the streets, like except for the people that were at the hostel, bar-wise really non-existent. So your best bet was just kind of staying, hanging out at the hostel bar, which honestly did really good drinks. They did amazing meals as well. And then there was a gorgeous um, pool as well. So that was a good time. Um, It was extremely hot though. I reckon 37 degrees by about 9am. So if you wanted to get out and about, you really had to get up early and start the day at like six or seven, especially because one of the main tourist attractions was um, basically a hike up these old stairs um, to a gorgeous lookout spot over like rice fields and you can see um, the whole town and like the the river. So we had all the intentions in the world to wake up early in the morning. We did, set our alarms, woke up at seven and I knew Nat was awake. She was in the bunk below me and we just had the same feeling right at the same point, like message each other um, in the same room. We're like, do you want to go to this? I'm like, look, I do, but I also just want to stay in bed. She's like, yep, I agree. Let's go back to sleep. So that was that. We we tended to just be like on the same page the whole trip, which was really nice. Um, but anyway, uh, that'll just give us something to go back uh, to Ninbin for. But luckily we did do the other thing that was high up on our list, um, which was basically, well, it was like a rowboat. Um, kind of gondola ride through a river and like through caves and stuff. Um, let me have a look. Oh, why don't I have the name for it? So we didn't really we didn't really have to row to be honest, but that was really peaceful. Um, gorgeous views along there, but you are in the sun the whole time. So we went a little bit later in the evening, maybe like a four to six or five to seven kind of thing. And it wasn't too bad because we had a bit of the shade and that was actually my first motorbike ride. So, or scooter, but motorbike sounds better. So let's just say that. I had about five minutes practice in the car park out at the hostel. Natalia, bless her soul, um, jumped on the back. Was honestly terrified and I don't blame her. Um, (laughs) So... Uh, we didn't have any crashes, like all good, no injuries. It was just like a couple wobbly moments where I was like, you know, you have to balance quite a bit on there. And obviously I'd only practice with myself. And then when you have another person on there, it's just, it's hard to get the weight distribution right. So <laughs> we we're a little bit wobbly when we had to stop and do a turn. But all in all, pretty safe trip. Um, and obviously, yeah, wanted to try and get back before it got dark because that would be a whole nother challenge. But, um, yeah, did that. I think we're in Ninbin, must've been only two nights, but, um, yeah, lovely spot. Definitely recommend going there if you have the time. Um, but yeah, I would hundred percent go back and just do Northern Vietnam. Um, but as for this duck stop, what is it called? Nong, f- fong, fong na, fong na, p h o n g, n h a, fong na. I believe. I'm not sure if there's like hostels there or if literally people just stop and go to this duck place. Um, regardless, definitely add that into your itinerary if you've got the time. 
And um, okay, so from Ninbin, we get the bus up to Hanoi, which is maybe like two hours. Some buses take longer. Um, but yeah, it shouldn't, I don't think it should have taken more than two. Um, yeah, Hanoi, we had a huge list of things to do. It was our last stop in Vietnam before going back to Bangkok and flying home. So we wanted to just try everything that we hadn't yet um, food-wise and just, yeah, fully immerse ourselves in the Vietnamese culture, which meant crossing the road uh, without really looking. <laughs> but it wasn't as hectic as Ho Chi Minh. Like the streets were much more narrow, but the traffic was still as crazy. Um, so by the end of it, we completely, well... Now I look back at the videos and I look terrified, <laughs> but at the time we're like, yep, yeah, let's just, we just cross, cross with authority, confidence, and they honestly do. They stop, they go around you. Like, I don't know how it works. I did not see a crash the entire time I was there. Um, but yeah, it's it just works. However, they do like a beep over there. I honestly don't know what it means. I don't know if it's courtesy, like, yeah, I'm coming through, but there's just constant beeping. So I'm like, how does that actually help you? Because everyone's beeping. So I'm like, what? Anyway, whatever. It seems to work for them. So love that. Um, I had the best banh mi in Hanoi. And I was going through all of Vietnam, giving them ratings and reviews. And you might have seen that on my stories because I think that I was doing that on the um, 20-somethings podcast Instagram. Or now it's called Backpacking with Izzy. But I will definitely get up the name of that barn me place because highly recommend and yeah I think we were there for three nights this is um the main place that people start the hajang loop from so our hostel was organizing it unfortunately we didn't have the time to do that I think it's normally three night trip um we did toss up doing it before we actually ventured out to southeast asia but I think we were just too scared to be on the back of a bike like they go through valleys and quite narrow like dirt tracks and that sort of thing so it can be quite dangerous you don't have to drive it yourself you can be a passenger passenger princess which we were a lot throughout Thailand so I think by the end of it we kind of we just got used to being on scooters and motorbikes and then I had that had that one ride in Ninbin so yeah I think we definitely could have done it um especially as passengers for sure given that was that was our last stop we would have had a bit more confidence but anyway another reason to go back and I also heard really good things about Sapa which is also northern Vietnam I think it's a bit more inland like people do a lot of sort of treks around there so it must be like a little bit mountainous um yeah and just like really green uh you can also go out to Halong Bay and Cat Bar from Hanoi which we also didn't do. We had mixed reviews about Halong Bay. Um, but if you've been there and it was amazing, then let me know because I'll have to go back. Uh, but yeah, that was uh, generally, I think that was all of our itinerary in Vietnam. So pretty jam-packed two weeks. So I have written a blog post about our time in Vietnam luckily because I'm now rethinking it and don't um, actually remember too many details of the trip so I'm really glad that I wrote that down so um, yeah basically I'll run through the activities that we did or you know get suggested to do in these places and 
yeah, maybe like our regrets of where we went along the way. Um, but yeah, I just want to preface the fact that most people suggest at least a month in Vietnam. It is a lot bigger than you think. And I don't know for me, um, traveling through Europe last year, everything was just so close. Like you rarely had to get overnight um, buses or trains or anything. Like, you know, going from <laughs> country to country was usually a few hours. But yeah, in Vietnam, like you're not even in the same city I mean sorry you're not even in a different city after three hours still in the same region so Ho Chi Minh we did in fact stay one night basically two full days um so go to the uh, post office there it's not as boring as it sounds like it's a humongous building really um quite sort of ancient architecture really pretty inside and yeah, there are really cute um, postcards and just little like knickknacks that you can buy. And um, yeah, so you sat down there and wrote a couple and sent them home. Unfortunately, they didn't beat us home. <laughs> um, I think they arrived a week or two after I got back home. Uh, so did take their time. Anyway, um, so recommend the post office. Also the cafe apartments in Ho Chi Minh. So it's essentially this, this huge apartment building, maybe like five sort of little shop fronts across and oh god I don't know eight floors six floors um so there's heaps of tiny little cafes and you can see from the street um you see all the signs and like they've each got a balcony so that was really cool we went to a couple of different at least two different ones up there um you get a nice view but they were also just yeah like delicious Vietnamese egg coffees which um is also another thing on the list you need to try the egg coffee uh, it's delicious as well as their iced Vietnamese coffees. They are amazing. Probably what I would reach for most because how hot it is and the egg coffee is um, is not iced. Uh, next was the town hall. Honestly, it was just a pretty building that we decided to photograph. So <laughs> didn't go inside or anything. Uh, we went to Dan Tandin Church. Uh, it might also come up as like the pink church but that was also again just something a pretty building to look at war remnants museum so kind of like the Vietnam, Viet, oh, excuse me vietnam war um that was it was a lot to take in i didn't know i don't know too much about history it's not um a subject that i did long did for long at school um i definitely don't read up too much about it in my spare time so I was really interested in finding out more about the Vietnam War. However, it was very confronting. You know, there are some uh, things that you read or pictures that you see and it's, yeah, it is a lot to take in. But um, I think that is a great place to go, especially if you are a history fan. Um, yeah, and then obviously the egg coffee, the Vietnamese iced coffee. Um, and that's where we had our first Vietnamese bun me um not great to be honest um I think we chose the wrong place but I just kind of went in there thinking it's gonna be good wherever you go um but apparently it's not I think we've kind of westernized them here in Australia I don't get a lot of Vietnamese food but since I've been back I've had a few bar me's I'm like god that's good like I think we just do them well pack it with like more salad just more flavor um anyway but don't worry, there's a good couple of places in Hanoi, which we'll get to eventually. But moving on to Dalat, um, 
we went to an alpine roller coaster and there's also a waterfall there. Um, strange kind of place. Um, roller coaster was pretty fun. You have you sit in like a little tandem seat. One person is driving, controlling. For some reason, Talia let me drive her again. I actually know this would have been before the motorbike situation. But regardless, I took it pretty fast around the corners. So that was pretty good fun. Um, I had to get a taxi up there um or like you could get a bike as well but there wasn't really any public transport options um and it then rained at the end so we really struggled to get a taxi back and then we didn't have enough cash and um because we normally I think we were booking them through like grab the website uh sorry the app which you could obviously pay by card on your phone but they yeah they just weren't accepting the rides because it was raining and um yeah so we had to luckily we got a got a taxi and then they dropped us off at an atm um anyway there is also a maze bar so essentially like you buy a drink then you get entry into this maze um i'm not very good at mazes i was i get pretty claustrophobic so i was quite overwhelmed and i was just relying on natalia to find the way out um but that was kind of cool maybe if you had a bigger group but Honestly, it didn't really live up to the hype. We came across maybe one other, one or two other people. Found the end. You kind of got up to this like little, like you're in a garden and then there was like a rooftop area, but there's no bar up there. So it's like, what's the point? <laughs> what's the prize at the end of this maze? I don't get it. Maybe you need to do it like really drunk. That might be funny. But we just had one drink and just, you know, ticked it off our list. And then came back in and found our way. Thank God. There's also this place called Crazy House. Honestly, I don't really remember what that was. I think it was just, there was like this outdoor place with weird looking sculptures and like kind of another maze-like thing. Um, It reminded me a bit of Barcelona, uh, Park Güell, if you've been there, but less pretty. Um, however, it was raining, so we instead went to a sports bar and watched some AFL and had um, some beers. So, yeah, very Australian of us. Uh, Lien Hoa Bakery. We just stumbled across this place super randomly, didn't research it at all, but it was kind of like a, a bread top vibe. Like you go around with a tray and tongs and just kind of collect what you want, but it was so much bigger was a massive um, savoury section, a sweet section, packaged stuff, like refrigerated stuff, cakes, whatever. So we decided we'd pick maybe three things each, I think, and have a little picnic by the lake. So that was really fun. Um, you know, sort of traditional Vietnamese stuff, but also just, you know, general pastry items. And yeah, and then we took it down to the lake. Um, that was a really nice place if you wanted to go for a walk or a run. Um, but yeah, we just sat down and watched the world go by with our snacks. And next place was Natrang. So honestly, we didn't do a lot here. Um, we went to the mud bath and the hot mineral springs. So we got that package through iResort, which I was recommended by um, a lady at the gym that I worked at in Adelaide. That was, I reckon it was $30 a day um, or $30 like entry I reckon it was like actually supposed to be two or three hour package but no one stopped us so we just kind of stayed there um anyway 
you could also do a beach day, but it was really packed when we were there. So yeah, we just opted to chill instead. In Da Nang, the beach was a little bit nicer, a little bit more like adult sort of oriented, the more like beach bars and that sort of thing. Whereas Nha Trang was more family oriented. Also, there's um, Sontra Marina, which is this restaurant and bar around the other side of Da Nang, away from the city, and it's um, it looks like Greece. Like they've got the white buildings, like the the pavements the same. They've got the purple sort of trees, flowers. Like it looks like you're walking around Santorini or something. So that's really cool. Bit random to be in Vietnam, but we had a drink or two there. Took some photos, obviously. And then I think from there we got a grab to Sontra Night Market, which was definitely a highlight. That was the some of the best food um, I reckon I've ever had, especially on this trip. Um, from memory, I think we had like it was like um, it was like a cold roll, but it was hot in a pancake, <laughs> if that makes sense. So you had these like egg sort of pancake wraps, and you kind of built them yourself. Um, so they were amazing. Absolutely loved them. So highly recommend getting your dinner there. And then from there we walked down to the water, the river, I guess. It was a dragon bridge which had, it was like a light feature on it. So that changed colour. So we got some photos of that. And then there was like something else called a love bridge. So there was heaps of love hearts, sort of um, lights along there. And then people were padlocking you know, along the bridge like it was in Paris or something. So that was really cool. And then there's also, as I mentioned, Sun World Golden Hand Bridge and Theme Park. So that's the thing that we didn't quite get to. And then Marble Mountain, which we must have had to pay entry for, but I don't think it was too much. So walk up a whole bunch of stairs or there is a lift option as well. But, uh, yeah, essentially there's just heaps of um, – Buddhas and there's caves, there's temples to look at. So there's a lot going on there, a couple of viewpoints, which is pretty cool. You do need a couple of hours to walk around the whole thing at least. But yeah, we were pretty tired after a while. Um, and then oh, I've written in here day trip to Hanoi, but I meant Hoi An, lol. So the coconut boats we did in Hoi An, which I'm sure you've seen before, they're, they're the round um Round boats that you sit in, you've got one driver and you might have seen like videos of, of them spinning and doing like tricks and stuff. But yeah, we just go down this um, pretty dodgy looking lake <laughs> with all the other tourists. Um, you shouldn't really pay more than 250000 uh, $250, dong. We were initially quoted, I guess you could say, 800 and we're like, oh, fuck no. We watched a few TikToks about like how much they paid and we're like, nah, that's just ridiculous. So we also didn't have the cash on us. We literally only had 250 or 300 between us at the time. There wasn't any ATMs nearby. So, oh, that's another thing that stressed me out with Vietnam. There's just so much scamming. Like you just have to barter for absolutely everything. It's not just walking through a market, buying clothes and stuff like just activities in general I'm like can you just have a set price please it's just exhausting so yeah try not to pay more than 250 we just ended up giving her whatever we had might have been a bit more but 
anyway, it was cool. It was a good experience. Um, I then wanted to go into these spinning boats because they give you a ride and basically, I don't know, try and make you dizzy or whatever. They do it to this music and it's, it is really entertaining. But then you know they expect a tip and you have to pay more. I'm like, bro, I don't have any more cash. You took all my dong. So, yeah, whatever. Exploring the old town was also nice. Uh, we we had a long time there, to be honest. Like, it was a full day and we just got so hot. So, we walked into this um, pedicure place and just got, like, a full pedicure. Did we, I might have got a manicure as well because it... Basically, they just had air conditioning. So, we're like, fuck it. We'll stay here. And then had a beautiful dinner and did the floating lantern experience, which is like tangled vibes. Get to light your lantern and float it along the river. So, that's really cool. Um, the viewpoint in Ninbin is called Hung Moa um, Viewpoint. So, you do a hike. Um, definitely recommend doing that early in the morning. The boat cave tour is Trung An. Trang Trang I'm probably butchering all these names. I'm so sorry. Um, yeah, hiring a scooter is probably essential for these places, and it would also be ideal to explore the rice fields and the lotus fields here as well. And the one sort of night out that we had where we left the hostel, we went to a karaoke bus. Um, so yeah, it's essentially what you're picturing. It's a double decker bus um, with a little bar on it, which was really cool. And there was just this microphone being passed around um so yeah that was called tamcock bus bar but i'm assuming that's kind of parked along the main road wherever all right so things to do in hanoi well first of all hopefully you can stay at least three nights because quite a bit to do and a lot of it involves eating so um firstly we've got train street so the famous train street can be quite hard to get onto so basically it's run by not run by but like police kind of patrol the area because it is a quite quite a dangerous spot obviously you have to go up some stairs across the train track and there is like a train schedule but it's a bit up in the air to be honest so yeah there's cafes and restaurants and bars sort of along train street on either side for most of it and essentially you need to be invited up by, they kind of have like a promoter per like cafe and they have to bring you up off the street and go past the police. You can't just walk up there by yourself. Well, at least that's how we got up there twice. The second time was really funny. It was at night. We, I don't think we we're actually intending to get up there, but this little guy, little guy, I mean like a seven-year-old guy, a seven-year-old boy in his pajamas he was just on the back of a scooter and I think we were just talking about it out loud and he's like oh train street you want to get to train street and we're like sure and then he just started walking with us and chatting and he's like yeah my family's got a restaurant up there so yeah we went up there I think his name was Zung um he was so cute so yeah that was really cool um I think we waited maybe 20-30 minutes before the train came and that's a really cool sight to see it's obviously right in front of you and uh, other than that, um, there's the Sunday Night Markets, which is near the Hoan Kiem Lake, which is really beautiful. And at those Sunday Night Markets, they might do them on other nights, but we just kind of stumbled across them. And then there was heaps of all these locals doing like skipping, double dutch, and also just this like 
um, random like partner dancing. There was like all this hip hop music and yeah, it was all, I don't know, what's the word, Um, improvised. Like you just kind of like grab a partner from the audience and they were just doing like all this crazy dancing. So that was really cool to watch. Um, Lots of old ladies, which are absolutely rocking it. There's also a place called Beer Street where it's common for backpackers to go for a night out. So there's heaps of um, pubs along this street. I don't think you can like ride a bike or anything down there. So it should just be pedestrians. That was a good find. There was like a few kind of clubs and dance floors along there as well. Um, Hidden Gem Cafe was really cool. Um, It is a little bit hidden. (laughs) Um, lives up to the name, but their coconut coffee, their like iced coconut coffee was unreal. I think we went there twice. I think we did. Anyway, it's worth going to for sure. Then there's also the Note Cafe or the Note Coffee Cafe, which you might've also seen pictures of. It went quite viral for at least people that are searching Vietnamese places um, on TikTok. So Essentially, all the walls are covered in like the fluoro sticky notes. You write maybe like a note to a loved one back home or something, stick it on the wall or write whatever you want. It doesn't matter. Um, But yeah, that was really cool. There's a few floors as well. So you get a pretty good view of the city. So I definitely recommend just going beyond the ground floor to find a seat, um, which we didn't do (laughs) the first time. And then try as many barn me as possible. And honestly, the food in Hanoi was amazing I don't think I had a bad meal the entire time as much as it's warm weather you have to have like the hot food the um what are they called pho pho I was saying pho the entire time so apologies but my favorite was called banh mi long hoi which was I don't know pretty central um that was my nine or nine and a half out of ten barn me. I got that a couple of times. So that was really good. You just have to kind of ask for more salad. I don't know if, you know, if vegetables are your thing, but otherwise it's kind of just like two strips of cucumber with chili on top of like meat and pate. But I like having the carrot, coriander, the peanuts and everything else. So yeah, that is Hanoi. And from there... If you have the time, definitely check out Halong Bay if you can, whether that's just a one-night cruise or cat bar. They both – oh, I'm not sure about Halong Bay, but cat bar definitely has hostels on the island. And then definitely go inland to Sapa if you like your nature sort of hikes and then a bit more of a thrill-seeking like adventure thing, the Hajrung Loop. So I'll definitely have to go back there with Natalia and do that for sure. But as for what city we could have skipped from the list above, I think I mentioned this in a previous little recording, but Dalat, um, so it did help break up the journey between cities, but um, yeah, it wasn't really a highlight for us. And then probably Nha Trang, um, given Da Nang was also on the beach and we preferred that sort of beach town and had more to do. Um, But again, it just kind of broke up um, the journeys between the two. Um, but yeah, we also recommended um, flying from Ho Chi Minh to Da Nang um, after maybe doing three nights in Ho Chi Minh and then, yeah, and then just spending more time up north because that's really where everything happens. Um, and yeah, including Hoi An in the Da Nang trip. 
Uh, but yeah, unfortunately, didn't go to the duck stop, which is Fong Na, Cat Bar, Hajung, and Supper. So next time, I guess. Well, that wraps up the Vietnam episode. So thank you so much for listening. I just wanted to share one last quick fun fact, which I should have done before talking about the itinerary. But as you may know, uh, I record these without planning anything. I don't have any notes. So it's very unhinged and all over the place, just like my life at the moment. But the fun fact is that um, Natalia and I, when we were in Ho Chi Minh, we didn't really know. We like we roughly knew our plan for Vietnam, but we kind of rejigged it a little bit after hearing all the recommendations from people in Thailand and Cambodia. So we we thought, I mean, it's already changed and we already had to cancel everything anyway, so we might as well just make some changes. And we were at this rooftop bar and had a couple of drinks and decided to plan our itinerary on a napkin at the bar which I don't know where it went but um that was that was our plan on on a serviette so but that was really spontaneous of us and highly recommend booking things as last minute as you can because when you meet people along the way you're going to hear so many more recommendations than than doing your research beforehand and I think when you meet the like-minded people that you really get along with in hostels I think you know what they have to say would really suit your kind of travel style so definitely keep that in mind and especially if it's not a busy season and you can book sort of more last minute 100% do that and then you can stay in places that you really enjoy longer and not have to leave them prematurely so I will leave you with that and have a great day, week, month. I don't know when the next episode's going to be out, but hopefully I can stay a little bit more consistent on going. But anyway, happy backpacking. See you in the next one.